Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Jesus said that every word from God is like a seed. Every time that God speaks to you, every time you read something from his word, it's like a seed. And a seed has potential. Now, potential means that, yes, it is a promise, but there is something else that needs to happen with a seed. It needs to be in the right environment and have the right conditions. When Jesus spoke and when he lived on earth, he was in an agricultural society. And what they knew about seed is that if you didn't get your seeds in the ground, if they weren't in the right conditions and they didn't grow, you would not prosper. Sometimes you would not even eat. There was a necessity around life and the success of that seed. The main issue is not the lack of seed. The main issue is getting the right conditions. Everybody has a seed. Everybody can hear the voice of God. And what we need to learn to do is to harness that new life potential by putting it in the right conditions. It's about creating the right environment. Let me read a scripture from Luke chapter 8, 4 to 15. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he had said this, he calls out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the paths are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. So they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. The soil is the condition of our heart. The seed is the word of God, God's voice in our life, and the soil is the condition of our heart. 
You see, the seed can never be challenged. It is indestructible. It is of holy and godly. It is God-ordained. It has its origins in God. It cannot be destroyed. But the soil, the soil needs to be tended. And here's something that we need to understand when we hear, learn to hear the voice of God is that it's the soil, not the seed. Let me say that again. It's the soil, not the seed, because the seed is always good. Here's something that's very interesting. In Jesus's day, the farmer used to scatter the seed and then tend to the soil. This is how they used to do it in that time. We usually think the opposite. We usually think of plowing, of getting the soil ready. But in that time, the seed was scattered and then the soil was tended. This is why it's possible to sow on hard ground, to sow on rocky ground, to sow in a place of weeds. And it's really, really important. And I'm going to come back to this later. So we're talking about the soil, the conditions of our heart. And here are a couple of things that are important when we think about the seed, the word of God being spoken into the soil of our heart. The first thing is this. Every word from God, every seed will be opposed. This is hard ground. Now, the question is, how will it be opposed? And the answer is it will be opposed at the truth level. This is how the enemy attacks the seed that has been sown on hard ground. He says this question, did God really say, can God be trusted? This is the question of how the seed is opposed on hard ground. The original question going all the way back to the garden. Did God really say? And the enemy, the main way that he speaks to us is also the main way that we hear from God. We talked about it last week. You can listen to that podcast. He, He speaks to us through an impression. That's the main way that God speaks to us, but also that we need to recognize that the enemy's voice also comes through that impression. And he says, God's not real. That's not God. That's just someone's opinion. That's not God. God doesn't even exist. And he attacks the seed at the level of truth so that it can never, ever get root or take hold in our hearts. Every word you have from God will be opposed. The second thing is this, every word you have from God will be tested. Every word, every word you have from God will be tested. This is rocky ground. And this is so important because it talks about when we've received the word of God and things don't go as expected. And we need to have our expectations set that every word will be tested. For me, I had A very clear word from God about 12 years ago, I was praying uh, for actually this church. And I had this conversation with God and said, God, where I believe you're calling me, I don't want to have to worry about money. I said, I think I'll have a bunch of other things to worry about. I don't want to have to worry about money. And as I was talking to God, I felt at peace about that. I felt he was on board with that. And I had that word, that seed. But when we first started this church, that seed was tested. 
We started this church with uh, no wage, no financial support, no financial backing. My wife was working two and a half days a week and that word was tested. Here's how it was tested. I felt pressure. We had some savings, but I felt pressure to kind of batten down the hatches. I felt pressure just to not be generous, to not give, and also just to not do anything fun. And I felt God say, no, I want you to trust me. And so here's what we did in response as that word was tested. We went deeper with God. That's how you get through the rocky ground. You go deeper with God. Here's what we did. We tithed even on the little that we did have. We were generous to others. And also, as a family, we each week we did something that was fun. We went out and had a burger or an ice cream or fish and chips. Do you know that God was incredibly faithful to us? In that whole first year, we did not need to use any of our savings. God provided our every need. We even had a guy who uh, his dad was a pastor and he said, I want to give you some money each week. And I, I just want you as a family just to have fun and just to enjoy the journey. That was such a blessing to us. But that came in response to us holding on to that word. Here's my question to you today. What word from God do you know is from him, but is being tested? What word from God do you know? God, I know you've spoken this to me, but it's not working out. I don't think this is I'm questioning it because of the circumstances. What is that? Take a moment right now. What is that word that is being tested? Here's what we need to do. We need to go deeper. We need to go deeper. We need to not give up on that, but we need to hold on to that word. Every word from God will be tested. The third thing is this. Every word you have from God will be diminished. What do I mean by that? I mean this, its importance will be challenged. The other things in your life will attempt to diminish and minimize that word from God. It'll say, hey, yeah, I I get that's from God, but that's going to have to jump into the the queue. That's going to have to take its place with all the other things that are going on. The preoccupations that we have with life. Jesus says, as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature, meaning that that seed cannot be transformed and bring new life. And what a great list from Jesus. Worries, riches, pleasures. Worries, our busyness, our financial pressures, our relational conflict. They look to diminish the word of God. They look to distract us. Our riches, it's not just a big bank balance, it's the things that are going well in our life. These diminish the word of God. And finally, our pleasures, the delightful distractions that take us away from God, that set our course away from him. What's the biggest thing in your life that is competing with what God is speaking to you about? Every word you have from God will be diminished. Verse 15, Jesus says, But the seed on good soil, this is where we're heading. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, 
and by persevering, produce a crop. Now, the good news about the context, the Palestinian sower, the person at that time, in that age, who was sowing the seed first and tending to the ground later, is that brings incredible hope to us that the seeds that God has sown, now it's time for us to roll up our sleeves and to begin to tend the ground. That is our primary responsibility, is to look after the condition of our hearts and our souls, to tend that ground. Why? Two things. Because even the seed that was sown in your past, that soil can be tended so that that seed, that word from the past, can take root. And secondly, it reminds us that we have work to do in our hearts and we can't, no one else can do that for us. That's work that you have to do. It's not work that I can do as your pastor. It's not work that your partner, your husband or wife could do. It's not work that your good friends can do. It's work that you need to do. It's business that you need to do on a regular and daily level with God. So really practical. Let me give you five quick things to create an environment to hear the voice of God in your heart and also in your home, whether you're single, married, in a family, whatever type or stage, here are five things that can help you. The first is this, recognize the task is important, not instant. People know that when you plant a seed in the ground, it's not going to spring up instantly. There's time. Think about it like planting a seed. Think about it like building a house. Think about it like getting a degree, preparing for a job, doing an apprenticeship. Jesus uses the word perseverance. That's where we need to start, is that it is important, not instant. The second thing is this. Ask God to shape your desires. So your wants and your desires determine your course. Your affection sets your direction. What do you love? What do you want the most? Here's a great practical prayer that you can pray when you meet with God, when you spend time with God. God, help me love what you love and want what you want. God, help me love what you love and want what you want. The third thing is this. Consistency is the key. In your home and day to day, I have this saying, less epic, more regular. I remember growing up, we had from a couple of times this epic family devotion. I think we studied the book of Joshua. We tried to get everyone together and it was an absolute disaster. But I tell you what, what I observed, what I noticed from my parents, what I saw them do, what I heard them do, the other moments that we had, they had a big impact on me. Not that particular big event or that big gathering, that big devotion, but just Lots and lots of little things done consistently. Consistency is the key. For parents, do your kids see you uh, read your Bible? Do they hear you pray? Do they see you worship? Do you have, all of us, do we have a daily time in to spend with God? The fourth thing is this, and I'll say this as a smile. Stop accepting excuses that mean you do nothing. Everyone's background is different. Everyone's schedule is different. 
Some of you are night people, morning people, tired people. Some of you have grown up at Christian homes. Some of you haven't. And you might say, I'm not like this, or I don't do this, or my kids aren't this, or I know there are so many different things. My encouragement is don't allow an excuse that leads you to doing nothing. Just reject that and do what you can. Leads to my fifth point. Use the opportunities that you have. Don't worry about the opportunities that you don't have, but use the opportunities that you do have. For parents, those little moments around the table or in the car, just that five minutes that you do have, that 10 minutes that you do have, you can set up your alarm a little bit earlier. We can go to bed a little bit later. You can find a little space in your lunch break. Everybody has opportunities. Use those to meet with God, to nurture that seed, to prepare the soil of your heart. The time that you spend with God, it's so important. That seed, that potential that God has given you, don't waste it. Tend to the soil of your heart. Look after your heart. Take the opportunities that you have and you will see new life begin to spring up in your heart, in your emotions, in everything around you, in your relationships, in your home. And that is one of the best things ever. How good. I just want to encourage you really practically. We've launched our prayer journals into the garden and we want to encourage you to use those to engage with the Bible and to pray on a regular basis. If you don't have one, uh, let us know and we'll post one out to you. Uh, If the lockdown continues, we'll do that. Uh, Otherwise, you can pick one up at church And that will really, really help you and benefit you. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you have given each and every one of us seed. God, you've given us potential. The words that you've spoken to us. And God, we pray that you would help us to tend to the soil of our hearts so that new life would flow in every area of our lives. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.